Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. Oh, my God. Now I have been getting texts and tweets from people telling me now I have to say you're a genius because uh, you're, 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 your idea that Twitter was maybe looking to subscription service, and now apparently they're looking at it. The stock jumped. A new job listing is looking for engineers to work on a subscription platform called Gryphon, Griffin, Griffin, whatever. Uh, and Wall Street loves this. So I just literally don't know how I'm going to live with you. I think it's really going to be bad. Lem- I'm sorry, Kara. Lemon- what was that? Could you repeat that? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I don't get your meaning. I what are you talking about? I feel that I'm going to have to tell you you're smart today, and it's a real disappointment yep. for me. So tell me. I'm a me, German shepherd. Tell me how you I'm not this. a purebred. If I were a purebred, I'd be a German shepherd. I have shepherd. this feeling you have inside information you're paying for. Now, I, I don't know what how why I feel this, but tell me how you came up with this besides I'll your I'll just I'll your just say psychic. one thing, Kara. Yeah. One of my mentors or someone I look up to is a woman named Cindy Gallup. Yep. I just think yep, she's, she's great. This kind she's of amazing. Smart, courageous, thoughtful woman. And she yeah. has a saying I love, and that is the best way to predict the future yeah. is to make it. Oh, God, stop it. Stop it. No, seriously. Nah. Why did you go with this one? This is. We'll see if it happens, by the way. Like, let's see. It'll be interesting to do. And I think you feel like it's their only way out, essentially. And this is this is obvious. This is a yeah. this is a platform that has tremendous loyalty, has a good product, uh, but it is it the business model of ad supported media means it's like being in the business of scale at retail. It means there's really only room for one or two players to pursue yeah. that business model, meaning everybody else has to go niche. Yeah. And it's just obvious when you look at Twitter, Niche. and I think this is true of Pinterest and Snap too. Oh, subscription. An ad-supported model just doesn't – they just don't have the scale for an ad-supported model. And and we, you have with Twitter is so much value, surplus value yeah. being recognized by a small number of people. If you have if you have 17 million tweets, yeah. you're not going to pay $100 a month. You'll pay $1,000 yeah. a month. Yep, 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 And yep, so yep. This, just, this just seemed – you know, it's almost as obvious – it's almost as if – the only thing that could be more obvious – then this would be predicting, say, that, I don't know, a CEO had two jobs as a CEO of two <laughs> companies, and you predicted that over time that he would have to step down. That's going to happen this year, too. Oh, you keep saying that. You keep being wrong about I that know, one. I keep being wrong. That one you're just going to keep saying until you're right, correct? Is that My emotions. I understand. I've lost control of my emotions. Oh, listen, Spock. You know, I mean, you when you're, when you're right, you'll be like, I was so right. This, you know, I was Oh, cr- you know I'll take credit yeah, for Yeah, like that one I'm not going to give when you. When he retires at the age of 78. <laughs> you'll see, I see. I, I told said, you he was leaving. <laughs> I'm not going to give you that one. That one. I'm not going to yeah. give you at that time because yeah. it's been too long. But if you do it near around when he's doing it, I certainly will. Um, speaking of CEOs, uh, w- mm-hmm. by the way, let me give you another one. PPP loan data. You and I and Stephanie Rule all talked about the fraud that's yeah. going to go in it. Like the names are just incredible. A lot of Trump-related people. Um, a lot of people who are not deserving of our taxpayers' money, one would imagine. Um, and so this is, you, you know, as you noted, this is going to be an ongoing, you know, fraud investigation by reporters for years to come, I think. And how it was abused and used, possible books and things like that. Well, you know, you know what? Who's going to be? So first off, there's going to be a term you're going to hear a lot more of, mm-hmm. and that's pandemic profiteers. Oh, so not just we not went, just the mask people or the people who hoard. Uh, well, this this will be the new ground zero because in World War II, where our citizens were asked to invest and sacrifice in this mm-hmm. in this battle against a foe, as is everything we do, we were using it as an excuse to transfer money from the poor to the rich. And what you're going to find out here is that HQ for pandemic profiteering, mm-hmm. Sand Hill Road. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're going to see, and I don't want to, I don't want to say the names of individual venture capitalists because there was a great article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday about it. And a lot of those guys are disputing that, that, that the Wall Street Journal got accurate information. Mm -hmm. But you have venture capital firms that are yeah. raising billions yeah. of dollars well, of, of funds. Yeah. And yeah, you wrote about it and they're, and they're cashing these checks at small companies. And all this is done is said, these aren't, this isn't a cupcake bakery with someone who needed to hold on to their four employees right, and is right. fine now. Right. This is a, most of these companies you're going to find were growing. Sure, mm -hmm. they hit a speed bump. But all this did was yep. uh, preserve the dilution of of the shareholders and the founders mm -hmm. or put more or put more cash on the balance sheet. Right. And it's just it's just it, it people a lot of people are going to eat a cold lunch when the word comes out that they have taken this money. Yep, I agree. I agree. I agree. And I think this is was one of the issues. A lot of people felt they should or they shouldn't and this and that, but these people can raise money anytime. This it's not anytime. just them. It's like it's all over the place. And of course, you know, I, I can see why people would do it if especially if they had no shame, like why not? It's like belly up to the money bar. Um, but it really is. It just sort of it, the way that this has been conducted is so open to fraud. They sort of like opened the bank doors and said, "Don't take money." Like, don't take it wrongly. Take what you need, but don't take don't take it wrongly. And so that, to me, is just it, again, it's another indictment of the Trump administration and their inability to run anything, including this corona. This they've now had a second bite at this coronavirus apple, and they seem to, you know, they just can't do it. They can't fix the situation, even when they have chance after chance after chance. Uh, it's really quite depressing. Yeah, and you you are going to find. I think you will find that a lot of the money got to the right place. But mm -hmm. I think of that as the hamburger being thrown at the guard dogs while you rob the bank. Yeah. It's they're yeah, gonna yeah. they're gonna wallpaper it over with these emotional stories. It's gonna be something like a ten percent of the applicants got eighty or ninety percent of yeah. the funds. Yeah. And we're gonna find that somewhere between a third and two thirds of those really yeah. didn't need it. And oh, by the way, all these people who talk such a big game mm -hmm. about capitalism and the government should never bail anyone out are gonna talk about how effective this program was. Right. Yeah. And it's just it's just it is pandemic profiteering. Pandemic we're gonna see a ton of companies get shamed. And decide to send the money back, but it's it's uh, this is uh, anyways. I think this is the only thing that passes for bipartisan support these days is reckless spending. Reckless spending, and also you know, just speaking of recklessness, um, uh, there was a story today in the New York Times about Robin Hood and how I sent you, I I tweeted at you um, that you uh, that that we and we talked about this is that the predatory nature of this company and I think they were people on the service were 88 times more likely to do dangerous things than in Schwab or other services which are more responsible you know and I you know build around options, options right? yeah exactly yeah. and it was really it was another indictment you know not nobody everyone shrugs their shoulders but the one fact in it that I thought was in the moment was when Ashton Kutcher, who's an investor, who I know and I like personally, but was talking about how it's like gambling. And then he had to go sort of walk his quote back saying, I didn't mean to say it was like gambling, but they were joking about the idea. But to, to joke, this is something where people who work for these companies actually do know the predilection to be gambling. They know what they're doing. They know what they're, and, they're, and, and also they know that people have a predilection for thinking it, but like gambling and they continue to do, to do what they're doing. They better clean themselves up at Robin hood. They really need to clean themselves up, but that makes them less well, valuable. They, they care. Care. Let's be, let's be fair. They've committed to hiring an option specialist. <laughs> let's be, you know, young men, mentally ill young men, including at direct evidence that someone has killed themselves after seeing the app and yeah. they've decided to, to, to hire an option specialist. See, there's the actual execution of options contracts and share purchases is almost yeah. zero cost. And sometimes even the brokerages 
will pay for flow. Yeah, that's and why that, that was, that was in the story explained it well. I thought they explained it really yeah, well. Yeah, and to your credit, and to the, do you know who get who gets paid the most for flow? Who? Robin Hood. Robin why? Hood because yes, they get more. That love, was in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These brokers love those contracts. Why? Because yeah. the people buying those contracts, in their view, are the most likely to buy stupid contracts that are overpriced and lose money. Yeah. So the entire market appears to know. That this is a bunch of kids driving it feels like a Ferrari the housing crisis. with a, with it a driver's permit. It feels the same thing. It feels like the housing crisis. Like here, let's give you a house you can't afford, and let you let you have let you have a mortgage. It just feels that same cynicism is it, it pervades. Speaking of cynicism, let's get yes. to big stories. An independent audit of Facebook that Facebook itself engaged to have done found that decisions at the company have led to, quote, setbacks for civil rights. I know this comes as a shock to you, uh, Scott. The report was conducted over two years and asserts the company isn't prepared to address discrimination on the platform that may affect the upcoming election. Meanwhile, civil rights leaders from the NAACP, the Anti-Defamation League, and other groups, uh, Color of Change, we're going to have a shot on on Pivot on Monday, and other groups met with Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg to talk to the company leadership about fixing the way the platform moderates hate speech. The meeting did not go so well. Those groups brought 10 demands, which they have brought before, as Rashad has noted today, on Stephanie Rule. We missed you today, Scott. Um, and after meeting was done, they said Facebook wasn't willing to act on almost any of them, and they had have done this. They have been on this uh, ride this, uh, this uh, ride before. Facebook will hire a C-suite civil rights position, which will be one of the 10 demands. They don't have a timeline yet when the position will be filled. Uh, we're going to have Rashad on a uh, friend of Pivot in the next week's show. And Cheryl Sandberg has suddenly popped up out of nowhere uh, with her first comments since the advertising boycott started against the company, although I understand she's been very active behind the scenes going to them. Um, she wrote a post on Facebook that said, we have to, what do you think, Scott? Get better at finding and removing hateful content. So, Scott, thoughts? I f- I'm not worried because <laughs> Ms. Sandberg is committed to doing better around the issue. So I'm... I will sleep well tonight. Yeah. Um, and she has said we need to do better. Yeah. And that they're not taking action here because of the advertising bo- boycott. No, no, no. That's not how they roll. Mm-hmm. They're doing this, and this is an exact quote, because, Kara, because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so, so Miss Sandberg, we need to do better, and Facebook doing something because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Check and check. Mm-hmm. I mean— do these people believe this shit when they say it? I don't At know. this point, do they literally believe it when they say it themselves? I told Rashad to stop going to the meetings. I was like, you just send, like, it just don't. Like, it's just they're going to tell you. He's like, I, like, we said this the last meeting, and they said the same thing. And I'm like, welcome to my world. It's the same. I typed the same column over and over, like 10, 10 columns. I counted them saying this, going back two years and way before that at Recode. You know what I mean? It's just as, ay, ay, ay. What do we do? Nuts, nuts. What do you think? Have you heard anything or what's been the response? Or? Uh, I've heard, you know, they're, they're victims. They're victims like they are on Clubhouse or whatever the fuck that is. And, and you know, they're victims. And this is, we're being too hard on them. And their stock is not being affected. And, you know, Mark made that comment, which I think is pretty egregious in, to his uh, employees. Where he said, um, usually I tend to think that someone goes out there and threatens to do something that actually kind of puts you in a box. When in some ways it's even harder to do what they want because now it looks like you're capitulating. It's fine to look like you're capitulating, Mark. For ugh, God, I just want to like literally. Now I can't do it because it looks like I'm a wimp. Well, okay. And then he said that advertisers will come back, which they probably will. The stock yep. is doing well. 
Of course, their new oversight board won't be ready until late fall. I've written about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Talk about that has got to be like <laughs> that has got to be the lamest flex of what I have been. And it's all Europeans uh, and these very impressive. Yes, they are. I don't know. People Davos you would like people. at a dinner party. Dinner I have been party. appointed to the Facebook oversight board. It's like, well, OK, <laughs> good luck with that. That's there's you know, what is really impressive. If you wanted what? to find a group of some of the most impressive people in the world, yeah. with some of the best reputations in the world. Yeah. They, they, the one decent cohort of the most impressive people in the world okay. is the people who have left Facebook's board early. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Susan Desmond Hellman, Ken Chennault, no, Erskine Balls. I mean, re, these are like, if you were to say, how do I build a group of the, like, the highest integrity, most thoughtful people? Yeah. It would be people who have said, I need to get off this board early. I cannot be here. I am not comfortable with what's going on. I do not want to work with this individual. they speak out? They like to do the silence thing. It's sort of like letting, like, a bad uh, someone, you know, just graduate when they can't read. It, 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 it's just so ridiculous. I, I want What I want to do is we should lure them all into, like, a room for something. Lure. And then, We're lurers. You know, and then we lock the door and we say, you're saying what happened. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's called kidnapping. I know, I think but that's I'm just, called kidnapping. Like, I would like them just to, like, say, just say. Just do what we want. But here's say, the thing. the reason Ken, say Reed, say Susan, say They Erskine. have a different approach to life than you what, or me. What? They've decided oh. that they never want to be rude or disrespectful to people. Uh, they they no, have an entirely no. different approach. One of the reasons they're so likable— and Say. have such incredible reputa- reputations go, as they don't do shit like you that. You know what we need? We want need them to go Lincoln Project on this. That's what all I'm saying. Like we're going to talk. Lincoln. Go Lincoln Project. They are killing it. I, by the way, I'm scared when the next election when they're back on the other side. They're so good at these ads. That you know, these are these ex. Well, they're still yeah. Republicans, but their ads are fantastic. Yeah, they do um, job. And so I would like them to go Lincoln Project, if you don't mind. You know, I'd like them to like say what happened and and you know write a book like. I don't know, do a Mattis. I don't, whatever. Like, ugh, John, geez. There you go. You've had it. I've had had it. it. It's like, I'm writing another column. It's like, I was like, my column starts this week. I'd like to write about lemonade or maybe Scott's idea about Twitter, but, uh, but Facebook once again has, you know, weighed in. What is going to, look, where we keep predicting, but do you imagine once this election ends and if Biden wins, that's when they have to change, presumably, because that's when regulators are going to come call in with briefcases, et cetera, correct or not? Yeah, I think you're right. I yeah. think it's fairly pedestrian. People, when, when people ask me what's going to happen around uh, antitrust or the breakup regulation, yeah. I'm like, well, tell me what happens in November. It just, it really does come down to that. There'll be, I think there will be some movement, even if Trump is reelected, there'll be some movement because enough mm-hmm. people have kind of zeroed in on this and are sick of the lies. Yeah, but it's I think gonna Twitter's going to double. I've heard Twitter's going to double down on what they're doing. I think they're going to be a contrast. I think they're going to be in big contrast to Facebook. And what's really interesting, and I think they should. They, I think they, re- they I think they. It's a good look for them. It's an opportunity, it's an opportunity. and it's also yeah. the right thing to do. And so it'll be interesting to see how far they go down the line. Because I, when it, we had Rashad just now and Stephanie Rules, we were, you know, how Facebook is doing this free speech thing. It's not free speech. It's hate speech. It's. It, I decided I found it a perfect example. Then we're going to get to the next story. But it's as if you you said, yes, the meat is tainted, but everyone should be able to have all meats. All meats should be available to people. Well, we need to give voice to, to ground Bad chuck. Meat, ground chuck we that's tainted that will probably kill you. Like whatever it is, whatever happened to it, even if it was put in here by the Russians to kill us, we should let that meat speak. No, no, no. And even look, even if it's. You should have the right to yeah. discover via gastrointestinal disease that yeah. it's rotten meat. Yeah. You deserve that right. You do. 
It's great. That's really, thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Anyway, we are horrified in any case. And let me just, before we finish this, you saw the Harper's letter. We're going to talk about it later, I think. Oh, but yeah. This, uh, I think you and I are going to disagree on I, that. We are. Come on. Just read the criticisms. It's a hundred, they're a hundred percent right. Yeah. There have been several yeah. excellent criticisms. They, yeah, again, another, you know who did one? Mike Masnick, who was on our show. There's a difference between uh, free speech and freedom from consequence of your speech. Thank you. All right. You should read the Mike Masnick piece. I'm going to quote from it in a second. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I want to be honest though. If, if they had called me and asked me to sign it, I would have signed oh, it. I think there's a dangerous gestalt in no, our society. No, there isn't. It is not oh, our big, no. Really they, 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 there really is. We're, not, we're going to get into it later. We're going to, okay. no, it's not. Okay. not it, left wing, dangerous. left wing and, and rich platformed people not being able to say whatever they want is not our biggest problem. I am so sorry to tell you, give you the news. Anyway, Scott, let's go on a quick break. We'll come back to talk about the possible ban on TikTok in the United States and uh, listener mail. Okay, Scott, we're back. And actually, news breaking, the Supreme Court has ruled that Trump's tax returns may be turned over to the grand jury in the New York case. And in the case of Congress, it's they sent it down to the lower court to figure out what to do. Um, but it did. It essentially said he's not immune, which has been his argument. We'll get to that in a minute if it will have any implications on us. But it's an interesting story. Uh, but bad news for quarantine Gen Z and wine moms. The United States is weighing a ban of TikTok while they're over here dealing with the uh, taxes, the Chinese social media app. This week, uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo went on Fox News to tell Laura Ingram, which <laughs> that's a that's a sentence, uh, mm -hmm. that the U.S. is very seriously looking at the ban of the app and warned that people should only download the app if you want your private information in the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, President Trump confirmed that his administration was considering the ban and reiterated that China should be held accountable for COVID-19. In response, a TikTok spokesperson said, quote, the company is led by an American CEO with hundreds of employees and key leaders across safety, security, product, and public policy here in the U.S. Now TikTok is bulking up its lobbying team as the U.S. government intensifies its scrutiny of the platform. Meanwhile, last week, India, TikTok's largest market, banned the app. Uh, I, I don't think he can ban the app. So let's let's talk about this. What do you think? We thought that it was going to be spun off anyway and become a U.S. company, the U.S. arm at least. Um, so what, what, obviously this is a political move by, you know, that fatuous idiot Mike Pompeo. But what uh, that's what I call him in my, at home. Um, what do you think about this? What do you think is going to happen? Because this is a super popular app and a very good app. Well, so I do think it comes down to whether or not there's evidence their security threat yeah. and whether that the information is being used in covert intelligence for, for because the, the, the relationship between Chinese companies and, and, and the ruling party there is pretty tight. And mm -hmm. yes, so I, I, I just don't, the, the problem is you can't trust when, when the secretary of state used to come out and say, this is a national security risk, they would show up with receipts and data and you would believe them. And now you just don't, you don't, you don't know. And I, it, it might be a security threat. These actions might be warranted or it mm -hmm. might be just more xenophobic decisions that hurt our economy and give us no leg to stand on when we call for these markets to buy our products. So right. what's next? They're, the Chinese, the Chinese play the long game. They They're going to do something probably against what my guess would be against Apple. And they're going to say, look, if you want to play this game, we can play this game. But I, I don't – at this point, at this point, I'm reserving judgment because I don't know what the evidence is that they're, in fact, a national security threat. Yeah, what have you found? Inter I found that it's it's a complex issue. Just like you were saying, this is a nuanced and complex issue. But what the Trump administration, as usual, is doing is throwing a hammer to make music, like throwing a hammer to a piano to make music. I don't That's know poetic. what – It is. It's like Ashen. 
Ashen. It's ashen and ashen. You'll Throwing ashen a while hammer at a piano to hammers. make music. You know what? Sometimes you can be sort of right, and they're not sort of right here. They're not. They don't know what they're, they're just doing it in order to call attention away from their own uh, crappy things. And they're not focusing in on what Facebook's doing either, by the way. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, what fa- the Facebook impact the same. You know, it's, they're not the same as China, obviously. And this is a, this is a concern. We should be concerned about all apps from a, a country like China, obviously. But the fact of the matter is there's ways to figure out if that is safe. If we do move these servers to this country, if it is a separate company, we do have an, they did hire an American, a top Disney executive, a CEO. Uh, what's interesting was it happening in India, and I think India is doing it again today around Reddit and some others. Um, is the uh, is they ban the app now? India has much more control over the ability. I don't think uh, Trump has any control here that that works. And you know, it, it could be part that he's mad at the TikTok people from ruining his Tulsa rally, which is not even proven, um, or whatever. It's just it, 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 and then he can blame them for corona. If you notice, he put coronavirus in here. I, I think it'd be. Int- I'd love to talk to Kevin Mayer about their strategy here, um, but they certainly are going to slap back. And it is a it is a opportunity for Instagram and Snapchat. Uh, to uh, to move into the space, but I got to tell you, I, I was on TikTok the other day. I use I actually use a burner phone to use it. Um, let me just say it's fantastic. Like the you algorithmic, like it really is good. You get drawn in there, and, and you people, have a burner phone. I have a burner phone. So like, I, know. So, I know. You're a you're a saucy little miss. I'm with a your saucy. Burner phone. I, I'll call you on my burner phone sometime. But what what I think is really interesting about it is that it's really it, 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 away from the Chinese issue. It's so much better than all the others. It is this algorithmic way that they bring you things you like. That's one. Two. It is so creative. People are so creative on that. Every day there's another, there was one of two couples jumping into shoes over the course of their relationship that was just wonderful. There was a kid who was flipping, becoming different action stars. It's so good. It's The people are really being very creative on it. And so that's Mm -hmm. sort of amazing. And of course there's things that are like, there's, there's now a rise in the bad parts. And so the question is, how well will they, you know, control, say, anti-vax stuff, et cetera, et cetera, where it goes? Because uh, you won't see it because it won't be, it won't come up to you. So it could, uh, there could be a whole dirty part of TikTok, whether it's anti-vax or racism that they need to pay attention to. Um, because you, again, you won't see it uh, necessarily. It's, 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 uh, it's off in other areas. So I just, it's a really complex issue, but this is typical of the Trump administration to wade in here like a ham handed, uh, politically motivated, corrupt people that they are. Well, so. TikTok, it's TikTok and Huawei have become sort of the yeah. poster childs for who we go after. And so at least in the cybersecurity community, supposedly the, the threat that each represents yeah. to national security, they say, is at this point, is hypothetical. But at the same time, yeah. China figured out a way to kick out Facebook and Google yeah. when they wouldn't, when they wouldn't, you know, when, when behavior even for Facebook and Google, they couldn't stomach it. Yeah, agreed. And so, uh, you know, I think you can you can it's argue nuanced. both sides. You can really it's argue nuanced, both sides. It's nuanced, but it's just like the executive order around two thirty. It's ridiculous. It's like this is not mm-hmm. the way to do it, and it misses the opportunity to really actually do something and do nuanced, important. You know, I have, listen. I give speeches about China and. Every time someone from China stands up and says, I'm xenophobic, because I'm like, listen, this country is really winning on lots of... Uh, and you're like, I have a burner phone. <laughs> I have a burner Call me on my burner phone. No, but uh, there, I, 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 I point out, like, because I had a really interesting talk with a, with an admiral who was talking about their capa- cyber capabilities in the military, and it's really frightening. At the same time, what the hell? 
I mean, I just don't want these people. Like, I don't want them running the coronavirus thing. I don't want them running this because it's too important. And they'll screw it up in some way and then get a payoff from China because who knows, you know, where they're putting their their money and stuff like that. Anyway, I, I you know, again, we'll find out now that the tax returns are out. Yay. They're not going to get out to you and I, but they're, they're going to a grand jury. In any case, uh, let's take a listener question, shall we? Let's do it. You've got mail. Hi, Karen Scott. Thanks for taking my question. This is Alina from New York. My husband and I love listening to your podcast. I have a brother who's planning to go to NYU as an undergrad in the fall, and I'm actually an alum of NYU myself. So we're in the middle of a pandemic, and clearly the traditional college experience has gone out the window. You can probably imagine my shock when I read that NYU is actually raising tuition by nearly 3% starting in the fall. What's going on? Even with rising costs associated with COVID, I find it hard to believe that there is no potential savings that could translate to lower tuition costs at colleges. Thanks, and I'd love your thoughts. So I think that question's for you, Kara. That question's for you. I have this question for you. What the hell with the 3% rise? Secondly, they haven't said anything. Like, nobody knows. And now Harvard announced they would not be inviting students back to campus, I think, or they're doing it remotely. And some campuses are having— All remote. Harvard's uh, going all remote. Yeah. But some people are having students on campus, but doing it remotely to protect the professors, which is kind of interesting. There's all kinds of ways. There's, like, juniors and and freshmen show up, and then seniors and— Sophomores? I don't know how they decide that. Yep. Um, I think it should be juniors and sophomores, I mean, freshmen and sophomores, whatever. In any case, there's all kinds of things. What is going on there at NYU, given I am also, thank you so much for noting this. What, what do you think is going to happen? You, This is your bailiwick. This is your wheelhouse. So, and to be clear, I don't speak for NYU, and I'm no. not privy to these decisions, although I did have a call with this incredibly impressive guy, Chancellor Block, who's the chancellor of the mm-hmm. university that receives the most applications in the world. Do you know what university that is, Kara? What? What? Tell me. UCLA. Okay. She's more right. apps than right. any university okay. okay. So, first off, to answer her direct question, what are we doing regarding raising the prices 3%? Simple. We're continuing to prey on the hopes and dreams of middle-class households. Yeah. Where a, a, a Conflation of self-aggrandizement and arrogance has led us to believe that our lack of productivity, our lack of accountability, um, and an inability to recognize basic concepts like ROI and cost management has resulted in more debt than than credit card debt. And yeah. it's it's absolutely at this point it is it is morally wrong. So we continue to do that, but that's nothing different. Well, let's talk about the pandemic. The switch part of the bait and switch is now full underway. And that is now, first universities were making these bold stride, strident statements saying, we look forward to welcoming you back. It's our national obligation, said the Brown president, which is Latin for parents, send in your deposits now. Because if you don't send in your deposits that ha- we have expected and received exactly the same amount, plus 4% every year for the last 40 years, we'll be in financial crisis because our costs are fixed and we can't variableize them down. So it was a lot of consensual hallucination between the finance departments, uh-huh. the presidents and parents that fall was actually going to happen. Well, well, spoiler alert, and I hate to tell you this, and I've been saying it for two months, mm-hmm. there will be no in-person classes. We are not going to stick a bunch of average age 55 tenured professors in rooms that, with windows that don't open with people from the four corners of the earth such that we could infect them and send them back. The super yes. spreaders in the U.S. right now. Yep. Theoretically, yeah. our far-right Republican governors and university presidents who are even even entertaining the notion yeah. that we're going to bring people to areas of concentration 
young people who are super spreaders, who have proven to be super spreaders, and then expect that they will they will maintain these ridiculous protocols that we're, we're doing all these task forces on the moment they leave campus. I agree. I so agree. What, so we're moving to the switch phase. We'll say, well, we didn't realize what was going on, so we're going to continue to have some classes in person, and they call them studios and labs. Uh-huh. You know, if you're if yeah. you're majoring in the tuba or you're, you're tuba. in pottery or something, or you're in chemistry lab, the reality is... They will, that will not happen either. So all of this mm. has been a big wrap Why don't they to just get parents say, to send them their money. It's like, I just, you know, it, it they does, might go out of business. I know. This is, it opens the possibility to students who couldn't afford room and board. Now, would you send your student to, now, would NYU do something, you don't have any knowledge about it, like have the students be there and then well, take remote classes? Is there any where, point to that? That's where this is headed, is yeah. that they're trying to say, all right. We're we're not going. You, you can still have the campus college experience, and you, young man and family, or young woman and family, have to make a decision around the risk you're willing to take. And maybe we yeah. reconfigure the dorms. Maybe we have the freshman class show up for fall, and the sophomore class show up for the spring semester. But you try and distance off campus, and you can do your remote learning. Yeah, um, off, not in the class, and have sort of the sort of the college experience. Yeah, and still take your classes, and maybe still go to the lawn, which has been taped off for distancing. Right. But here's the problem, Kara, right. and I, I hate to say this out loud. There out are loud. so many scenarios that could just go really wrong. Yeah. What happens in small college the towns if their people, healthcare systems get overwhelmed? Yeah. Also, I was thinking that, and then there's no cafeteria ability or things like that or whatever. You I mean, go to college like to not distance. Yes, that's exactly. why you go to college. You go to college yeah. to not distance, and then. Notion yeah. that we don't aren't setting ourselves up for these little mini Wuhan's all over the most charming little mini cities Wuhan's. in America. It's just no one wants to be honest yeah. about the fact that just as sports has taken a hit, just as yeah, movie theaters have taken a hit, sports for sure. You are going to have to close these campuses down. Enough yeah. already. It, yeah. It's just we all want our nineteen-year-olds out of our basement. All the nineteens <laughs> in the world feel cheated. But here's the bottom line: campuses yeah. cannot be the new super spreaders, and it's. It, I like that. That's like I, that. Campuses cannot be the new super spreaders. I feel like that's a T-shirt we should have. And by the way, if we had spent yeah. a fraction of the time, yeah, focused on how to decrease the delta between offline and online learning through an amalgam of small and big tech, as we have spent on these ridiculous task forces yes. trying to come up with protocols to give ourselves the illusion of security and safety, we would have already massively improve the online experience and we would have come out of this process True. in fighting shape. But you know what's happening? What? This it, it, this is going to have so many implications. So my class is usually 160 kids, but since right. it's online and since the kids are angry because they're spending yeah. $7,000 to take 12 Zoom classes, they've said, Scott, and I'm bragging right now, <laughs> can you expand your enrollment? So great. So I'm teaching 400 kids. So oh. you're not only going to have the 20-80 rule where 20% of the professors are educating 80%. You're going to have the 590 rule at most campuses. And then all of a sudden, the administration and alumni and donors are going to go, why do we have 190 faculty when 11 of you are educating 80% of the students? Yes. So is this is what is happening here, nothing but delay and obfuscation and arm folding from people who realize the currency of power and lack of accountability, specifically tenured professors and bloated administrators, are getting in the way of progress here. I agree with you. Although I really would like my son to play beer pong. Frankly, I should have made him apply to it's the, a tragedy. the it's Sorbonne. Sad. But he'll be back. Yes, he'll be back. The, he'll the, be abusing I alcohol, sh- getting his <laughs> he heart broken not. in no time. He 
He has a nice girlfriend. Listen to me. I should have made him go to the Sorbonne. That's it. But we couldn't get to France the either. Sorbonne. I'd have to sneak him into you, France. You must Sorbonne. call me on your burner phone about and it, Huawei. I, could have, I should have made him. My, my One of my nephews went to like St. Andrews. Like I should have made him do that. But here we are. Um, but Harvard and MIT are suing the Trump administration for banning foreign students from taking online courses this fall. Uh, this visa thing. What if they, what is, they have to move to another school if they can't live there. It's so strange. What, I, what do you make of that? This, oh, this is, is problematic. This is, so this is my prediction, and this is the most. This is the most. We're going to get predictions later, but give me your thoughts. Well, then. this is the most underreported story in America yeah. right now because mm-hmm. if you think about this, people say, "Well, it's a xenophobic move." First off, just how ridiculous is it? Okay, you can have a student visa, but if you get some of it online, if you use email, that's fine. But if that right. email starts including online courses, and we have an opportunity to send you home in some sort of xenophobic trope, okay, mm-hmm. all online classes. You're now an illegal aid. I mean, it just this decision makes absolutely no sense. No. You know why they're doing this, Kara? Stephen Miller. Well, in addition, sick. no, the, the 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 kind of free free opportunity to be racist with purchase is just a gift here. Yeah, it's just sort of a, an added bonus yeah. for them, Agreed. a chance to be more bigoted. The yeah. reason they are doing this, and it has not been reported, and I don't understand why, is that if you were to look at if you were to look at the bluest states in the union, the ones that produce. The most harmful intellectual property, the ones that most have the most reason debate, right. demonstrating what a, what a travesty and d- the amount of disease, de- death, and disability, the incompetence of the administration has levied upon our our union. The, the bluest states in the nation are are college towns, yeah, and they are neutering college towns because here's the dirty secret: at NYU, twenty eight percent of our students are international. They pay full freight. They're yeah. about fifty percent of our cash flow. Yeah. Donald Trump and his administration have gone into the neon bluest regions in America, and he has neutered them. He is going after their cash flow. This is like salt on steroids. Ever since everyone said salt is nothing but retribution against high tax blue states, yeah. this is that times ten. Mm-hmm. They he don't is have taking much time. Most- what do they get? Why do this when they have so little time? It's all going to be uh, turned over. It's all going to be turned back. Like, you know, the first, if Biden wins, the, about half of his administration will be like turning over things like this or like getting, like we're rejoining who, we're redoing this, we're redoing that. I mean, really. So this why do it? This is cutting off your kids' credit cards. This is, this is, this is real. This mm-hmm. is, the international students, at every university, another game, we talk about, we, we brag about that we have st- students represented on each state and we have students from 28 countries. And we say we have international students for diversity. That's bullshit. International students are some remarkable ones, but for the most part, they're the children of rich kids or exceptional kids, mm-hmm. usually from India. Mm-hmm. And but we say it's for diversity, but they don't. They pay full freight. They're really they're typically the only ones on campus that are paying absolute hundred percent tuition. Everybody else at school like Princeton, the, the actual cost that students pay has actually gone down the last twenty years because of right. financial aid. Right. But the international students very rarely get any sort of financial aid unless they're here for PhDs or something like right. that. Right. So this is going. You know, you say follow the money. This is the Trump administration financially neutering the most liberal towns in America. This is fascinating. This is fascinating. This is true. You're right. I'm, but I don't think it's going to last. That's the only thing. It's you, like, think, why you think it's going to get turned It's going to get turned over. It'll, you know, they'll just drop it. Everything's going to be dropped, all this stuff. And then Bill Barr's going to try to join a corporation and nobody will have him. Um, and, you know, a couple of these people will say, we didn't like him. If he, This is if he loses, right? So, mm-hmm. and they'll all go, oh, we really were against him. And then either they'll, will forgive them or we'll be like, 
go fuck yourself, the kind of thing. That's really how it's going to go. But they're going to overturn quite a few of these things, I would say. That's what I would say would happen. We'll you know, say. and then, you know, and then President Kamala Harris is going to take everybody down. Take them down. That's what she's going to do. Wait, so give me your rant on this okay. Harper's letter on how and how. All right, why don't we, should... we do that during predictions and then okay. we will. We shall. Okay. All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Okay, Scott, I have to admit it. You're on fire these days. You're very smart. I can't, I can't every day. I just literally am like, a free oh, burner phone for the door. I, I honestly go, I go, oh, he was right again. And you better I'm kinda, lucky to be good, And I'm Kara. happy for the show. And then at the same time, I'm like, oh, he's going to be insufferable. So nonetheless, you were right about Lemonade. You were right about Twitter. You, you've just been right a lot. You've been quite a lot. And I want a prediction from you. And we will talk at the end about the, this Harper's situation. I will read you some tweets that I tweeted. But go ahead. Tell me your prediction. Uh, my prediction is twofold. We've already mentioned it. Um, we're going to find out that the amount of funding or bailout money that well-funded venture-backed and PE-backed startups is going to be just um, frightening. And it's going to mm-hmm. be, I think, one of the scandals coming out of this. Um, so I think that that's coming. Uh, and the second is... We're going to see small college towns across America, which have, for the last 40 years, been these incredibly affluent, robust, you know, centers of cultural enrichment, but also, quite frankly, great uh, many economies, because they have, to a certain extent, there's been a transfer of wealth from middle-class households vis-a-vis onerous um, tuition to these small college towns. And they've benefited that from 40 years. And if this Trump ruling around not allowing or forcing international students to go home stands, you could have uh, recessions or deep, deeper recessions in almost every uh, college town in America. Uh, so I think people are going to start to focus on that. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a ton of articles listing all the people who took PPP money who, quite frankly, just didn't need it. Yeah. Yeah. But then what? And then what? Because a lot of them aren't going to give it back. They're just like, no, I'm not giving it back. Like some of the Congress people had a bunch. There's a whole bunch of Congress people, a lot of Jared Kushner friends, Kanye West. There was like all kinds of people's taking the money. It's really crazy. Yeah. Yeezy, right? Yeah. It was just like, and who's running for, we didn't even get to that. Let's just not. Let's the just birthday not. Party. The birthday party. Not. I just feel, okay, sure. Sure. Why not? Why not? He gave a really unusual interview with Forbes, but, uh, but you know, he's a very talented entrepreneur and artist. That's I, I will say that. That's what I will say. But this is kind well, it's, of, it's funny until it isn't, right? I mean, yeah, oh, anyways, Elon's involved. involved. I don't think you should make. Uh, I, maybe he's serious. I just feel like this is too serious well, a time. Quite frankly, he's more qualified playing. to run than the president. That is fair. President. That is fair. That is fair. But that's not. That's a low bar, my friend. Um, all right, we'll finish up talking about the Harper's thing. Uh, a large group, I think about 200 of uh, writers, well-known writers and academics, uh, wrote a letter on justice and open debate in Harper's Magazine, uh, which they were whinging about cancel culture. And I'm going to read you a couple of tweets I've yeah. put up. Yeah. Um, this is a guy named uh, Jamal Jordan, who goes under uh, at Lost Black Boy on Twitter. He goes, over 200 people, many of them writers, signed the Harper's letter, yet no one seemed to call out excessive use of the passive voice or lack of specific examples. Maybe I'm the dumb one. They did prove one thing. You can't argue with the piece of writing. It doesn't actually say anything. So that was one, what I thought was really funny. Um, I think there were just a lot of really good criticisms, and I don't mm-hmm. think it was pile on. I think it was really, really 
uh, smart uh, about what the problem was, which is, first of all, you had different people, some of whom were hypocritical in their, in, in, in saying what they were saying. You know what I mean? Like they have done the same thing themselves. That's one issue, but that's besides the point. I think it's this idea that, um, there's another one from Jessica Valenti. It's fascinating how many people are threatened by the idea that saying dumb shit has consequences. Like, where did you grow uh, grow up that you could just run your mouth off? Which I thought I thought was funny. Um, you know, I think there was there's a lot um, a lot to that. And Mike Masnick really wrote a really great piece that I recommend to everyone about it. So give me your take because I thought it was a dumb essay and the the the, the, the false equivalence between Trump does this, but it, it's not even the same. Trump's activities really hurt people. This mm-hmm. is just uh, it just the whole thing was badly done by good some people who are very very good writers. So I I I'm, I'm coming down there. That's where I come down. Mm-hmm. And I also think people who don't didn't get to speak speaking up, this was a group that gets to speak all the time. And so, uh, anyway, go ahead, go ahead, make your well, case. Yeah, a lot of good points. I think uh, the article, the letter, maybe was was not that elegant. I think it's a difficult letter to write. But uh, I'll just speak for someone who spent twenty years on a college campus. Uh, I think college campuses have made a lot of progress. I think they're much more what I'll call tolerant of people who don't look like them or empathetic uh, uh, regarding people who don't look like us or like each right. other but it seems like we've we have no tolerance for people who don't think like us um there are there's very few conservative voices on campus and now we have gotten to a point where respected academics whether it's stephen pinker well, put out data I, I'm, I'm not going to go with you and they want to shape an argument but the thing that makes our argument stronger is we battle test them and we can appreciate other at least at the dialogue Rather yes, than saying, yes, but it's oh, Stephen if- Pinker put out something that offends us. Let's ruin his career. No, but it's not ruin his career. His career doesn't get ruined. None of these people have their career ruined. It's they don't like Editors counters. Editors are being fired everywhere, uh, Oh, some, some of the stuff. For some of the stuff. Your look, editor was fired. That is not, you see, again, you're like, you're, you're putting it down to a reductive. There was a long, it, was, it went on a lot longer than you think. He's a great guy, but made a lot of mistakes. It wasn't just one. And that's just not true. They would like it to be this narrative. It's just not true. Um, these people, listen, this is another thing from him. The, the idea there's some narrowing ideas is nonsense. These people are getting criticized for their bad ideas and their response to play victim and pretend the space in which they can speak has narrowed. They're full of shit. Spare me the sob story. Go down the list of signatories. Many are incredibly famous or regularly published in top publication, often appear on TV. They have no fear of their livelihoods. And trust me, whatever contrarian ideas they claim they're not able to share, they are, in fact, being shared widely. There are all sorts of ways in which they get to express their viewpoints, and they do. Getting criticized for the ideas is called counterspeech, the thing that they claim to be supporting. They're just playing victim. They don't like counterspeech. It's not counterspeech, Kara. It, it, You're, it is. There's, there's uh, no doubt there should be con- – there's a difference between consequences when you say something stupid or wrong. And then there's a culture that's decided that if you don't sign up for my orthodoxy and turn it into my dogma, you're putting your career at risk. And the result is a lack of thoughtful, data-driven debate around key issues that means a lot of the things that that, that, that we want to see happen will not happen because no, there isn't an open, honest debate I, about it. I think this is hardly the biggest issue of our day. And I think that Mike has it right, that these people have spent their lives protected in ivory towers, as he right, and now facing real free speech from people from outside their privilege bubble and are freaking 
the fuck out about it. And I said, so stop pretending consequences and counter speech are anti-speech. You're not actually brave truth tellers you want to be. You're coming off as privileged elitists who are being challenged by ideas for the first time. The signatories are so quick to clutch pearls about people actually calling out bad ideas as bad and saying that maybe institutions who have editorial discretion should be a bit more discretionary and they think they're facing for the speech is somehow anti-free speech. It's not. I think Gia Tolentino writes about this intelligently, like talking, what it does is you create a bad argument, then you cherry pick the insults and then say, Say you're a victim. It's just, it, it, I, I think you're... Yeah, but you're conflating victimization with people with a dialogue that has been squelched, at least on university campuses, that we could all benefit from. These people never shut up. It's just, it's just I, to me, it's... It, that's that just and not is that, true. There are a lot playing, of people is, who feel at, as if they at, can't address certain issues look, the right the Trump now. playbook is exactly this. They are they are on the Mark Zuckerberg side of the equation of this thing. And so... You feel the, that they're crying victim. I think they're not just crying victim, is that... Every speech doesn't get to be said. It's this is this is this fallacy. And there's something coming called counter speech from groups of people who've been excluded, have been excluded from discussion. What they they just don't like that they are finally like when they have a bad idea, they're look at whatever you think of any of these writers, some of them have really bad takes and they should get they, none of them are suffering for it very much and you may think that on college campuses i understand that you can't do it one but the abuses that went on on college campuses by professors for so long enough like you're getting it, it, at some point you pay for what you know the life you lead as james baldwin said i've quoted him yeah we're producing a generation of guardians of gotcha no who are no. who are saying to people who, quite frankly, probably share more about their beliefs than they would imagine? You're holding the gun wrong. You're fighting the enemy wrong. You're helping wrong, and that's 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 permission or that's reason for you to be drawn and quartered and ostracized. And, yes, but there's and, no drawing and quartering. These are the oh richest my gosh, people. Are you they're kidding, not, Kara? They're, not. they're just half oh, the people rare, that come on. Half rare. the people that come on my podcast give me a list of things they can't talk about because they're worried that they're going to use the wrong verb, and that then their faculty is going to come after them. I don't know. I, this, you know, the fact, the stuff around J.K. Rowling, she's getting attacked because she's saying things that are that are trash, by the way. And she should be called trash if that's what people think, and she should take it. And that's and she could and she continues to persist in saying it and continues to have a platform. I think all this is not our biggest problem in this country, and it's it's being cynically used by the Trump administration in a way that it plays right into their thing. And that's my problem. It's like, why don't we have a real discussion about this rather than have a bunch of overprivileged elitists tell us that they're, that they're hurt by people not liking them. Like, it just, it feels like, it, it, it feels incredibly, uh, tone deaf at a time when people really do need to speak and, and, and hear things that they may not like. And We're I just. We're shooting ourselves in the foot. Nah, We're far nah. left. Let's oh, orthodoxy turn into dogma. It turns off moderates, and it, we, we're, we're no better than the far right. No, that is, oh, come on. Come on. The stuff that the Trump administration does is there's people jailed. In, come uh, on. In kids. Where's my no, burner phone? The, the, people are actually getting killed for and, and getting impacted because of the stuff that the far right has been yanking out. The far left, maybe they're annoying, but there's nobody, like, of the protesters that died, it was all protesters that died. You're conflating so no. many unrelated no, things no, here. I think they, I think they're, some of them are very annoying. And I've had this debate with lots of friends of mine. You know, I think a lot of them are ridiculous. I think they over, they overstep. And at the same time, it's, it's a conversation that has been long in coming from people who have been disenfranchised. Wait, like, the one key question here is, what were you and Stephanie Rule doing without me? <laughs> how can know, that, how can that happen without me? Where would Stephanie, she'd come down right in the middle, I think, probably. 
We need think? to get let's get Stephanie back. Nah, let's get her back. I think back. Stephanie's with me on this one. I think Stephanie is my, a proud sister in arms of the raging moderates, oh, and we're please. making a comeback uh, here, Kara. There is a place not. for us in this world. It's not raging moderates. It's not. It's just not. I just feel like this particular. First of all, read the oh, thing. Here it's we a go. Boneheaded. Here we just, go. No, just read the actual essay. It's so full of the passive voice, and it's uh, butts. There's so many word butts in it. It's ridiculous. It's a bad. Don't question bad. my progressive bona fides. I watch Christian Amanpour, and then when I go <laughs> I home to watch myself on Christian Amanpour, I use DuckDuckGo to find the video. Were you on her show? She's nice. She's a nice lady. I was on her show with the guy, the handsome, dreamy guy. I think his name's Bari or sorry. He's like this co- totally cool down, PBS uh-huh. kind of handsome Indian guy. He's very, I love, very dreamy. I love, I love Christian. She's great. I did a great interview with her at South by Southwest. She's just great. She she's seems great. like someone to me that would she's go on cool. Facebook's board and then leave after two months. She she's a, she's an eight or nine weeker on Facebook's and then board. Bring, and then bring out, then bring out the new the memos we finally need. It does, not yeah. that it would matter. It wouldn't matter. I'm just telling you, being on the side of Mark Zuckerberg is not the place to be. That's all I got to tell you. Just not history. History is Do you have a prediction for us, Kara? I don't have any. I predict well that I don't know what I'm going to do about my son going to NYU, and you gave me no solace. That's all I have yeah, to say. I'm no solace. And you know what? Him infecting you, he you would infect him. Let's just make that clear. He's been so careful, and you've traveled all over the God's green earth, all over the place. Hey, look, I get I get I get almost infected by Kimberly Gafoyle. Oh, yeah, you were. You were near her. I'm just saying. My son wears a mask. He wants to get tested. He's been very careful. So I'm worried about. Have you been tested? I got tested. Should he take your course now that you're opening? Yeah, I'm getting tested with him. He wants to. He can. Undergrads can't take it. Only second year MBAs. Oh, you won't let him in. Second year MBAs. That's the only people that can go. Can he? Well, he's not very well connected. Um, Oh. Of course. Uh, he anyway. loves you, you know, unfortunately. He loves Go you. He's on. like, really? I love Scott Is it my there. predictions or my wavy blonde No, he's all, when we're listening to it in the car sometimes, he's like, that Scott is really smart. You're being like, so nice oh. to me today. I don't know what's yeah, going on here don't today. Don't worry. It's, I'm coming back because you're completely an idiot on this Harper's letter. Oh, God. You whiny, whiny. <laughs> but I'm your idiot. But whiny, I'm your idiot. Whiny man. I'm your whiny. idiot. I'm half you, of the partnership like, that's the hundred. You just did the douche club ad. You, you know what I mean? Like douche house. White, douche house ad. Because you're interested. <laughs> and because you're a white man and a victim. Bringing voice oh. to the overheard oh. douche house. Yes, you're oh such a victim. I think, we got some, I think we're on to something there. All right, Scott. Got to go. What are you doing for the weekend? Back uh, the same thing I do every weekend. Um, time with the boys. Uh, we're going to head back uh, Head back to New York. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. All good stuff. Yeah. I'm going to spend time with Stanley Steamer because my cat peed on the couch. Anyway. That's I would news. not have guessed that. That See, would not exactly. have been my first Here's guess. Here's another not guess that people didn't know. Uh, so I gave Eric uh, Johnson, who is the producer of Rico Decode, my red chair, my famous red chair uh, that I bought from Steelcase. Many, many people. How were, PBS of you. What a, I know. What an it's interesting. It's a very expensive chair. What an interesting yet boring moment. I wish. Let, I, I'm, let me just tell you. And then I, he, he has this big, long red beard now because he yeah. looks like he's like fighting for the Union Army. But I said I gave my chair to the, to the lead singer from Fish. And then Brooke Hammerling, who's been on our show, said, you don't even know fish. And I was like, I, Trey Anastasia and I shared a carpool in middle school. Thank you. And that there's a piece of information you didn't know. Me and Trey Anastasia were carpoolers together. I did not know that. That's, yeah, you didn't. That's, that's another, in a long series of incredibly weak flexes. But right, right. seriously, that's well what done. I've got. Cat pee and Trey Anastasio from Fish. Well that's what done. I've got today. Anyway, don't forget if there's a story in the news and you're curious about it and want to hear our opinion, email us at pivot at voxmedia.com to be featured on the show. Okay, we're going to get out of here now. Let me read these credits. 
Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sananes. Fernanda Finete engineered this episode. Eric Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Special thanks to Eric Johnson, who worked with me on Recode Decode, who is working on this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. 